Thank you, baby girl. She's mine, amen? Thank you. Thank you, choir. Dwayne, thank you, orchestra. Thank you for blessing us today and reminding us of that mercy seat, reminding us of the blood of Christ that was shed at Calvary's cross for you and I. The atoning blood of Jesus Christ covers our sin today. I hope you know him. And if you don't know him, you're going to have an opportunity in this service today to get to know Jesus. And you're going to hear from a man of God today who's going to share that gospel with us today. It gives me great honor and pleasure to introduce our speaker of the hour. His name is Saran Stacy. Most of you know him or most of you heard about him and a lot of you have seen him on TV. He was a running back at the University of Alabama, second team All-American in 1988 to 1990 or 89 to 1991. He's in the Hall of Fame at uh, Coffeeville Junior College in Coffeeville, Kansas where he was uh, All-American there in Hall of Fame. But that's not why he's here. He's not here representing Alabama football, per se, part of his life, part of his story. But the story that I want you to hear today, and the story that Saran Stacy is here for today, is how a God found him. He'll talk about this in a bottom in Geneva, Alabama, in Lord, Alabama, how God brought him up, raised him up, and gave him a platform to share the gospel. That's why he's here. I heard him speak Friday morning at Athens State College at a breakfast. Tom Peoplelo invited me to go with him, and I did. And I heard him speak, and I'm telling you, God captured my heart. God spoke into my heart. And I was talking to Saran after that, and I said, I tried to hook up with you about eight years ago. Johnny McCullough and I tried to schedule him, them, and we couldn't get our schedules together. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I can preach Sunday. <laughs> and I said, Okay. So I called Andy John. I said, Andy John, you just got bumped. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <clears throat> he was so gracious. He'd already prepared his message. I said, uh, uh, can you be so gracious to, to this coming Sunday? I got Saran Stacy coming. He said, oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. And so uh, it, it's my pleasure today. It really is. And I, it's, I don't want you to give him a warm Lindsay Lane welcome. Y'all welcome Saran Stacy. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, brother. You're awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet and give Jesus the biggest praise that you can give him today? Come on and give it to Jesus. Come on and give it to Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to touch heaven today. We're going after the heart of the Father today. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Lord of God Almighty. What an honor to be here at Lindsay Lane and being able to share uh, this message with all of you. Man, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. Wouldn't be here without Jesus. Wouldn't be here without people prayed for me. Oh, going on 13 years ago when you heard about that horrific tragedy, uh, somebody started praying. And I stand here today as a miracle, as a recipient of the, Jesus has resurrected my life. But, it, but, but clearly it is the prayers of the righteous that availeth much. I mean, telling you, little Shelly was four years old at the time. And I'm, you know, I was 39 years old 
But God has done a new thing. And I, and I say this everywhere I go. I thank you for your prayers. And I don't even know if you have a prayer life. I don't know if you believe in miracles. But you're going to witness a miracle today. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. And so thank you again. I wouldn't be here also without your senior pastor. You know, Pastor Dusty, he's a man of faith. His wife, Miss Patsy. Man, I tell you what. I, I, you know, I hadn't been around him long, but I can hear God through his voice. And I thank you, Pastor, for what all you have doing for God's kingdom, not only here in Athens, but all over the world. And so can we honor this man of God, him and his wife, by saying thank you. I mean that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, just, you know, uh, it's a little bit about myself. I, I got remarried in 2013 and my wife and family, you can stay standing. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to stand again anyway. So, but just, you know, uh, this is, this, this is who I am. I do it four time ministry. I got remarried and, and, you know, my wife, I live up in Tennessee. Y'all pray for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tennessee people or, <laughs> But, but man, I'm telling you what, there's nothing too hard for God. And so, man, I've stepped out here in full-time ministry. This is it. This is what I do. And, and what an honor it is to go about doing the kingdom work. And so, pastor was praying with me over the phone. This is when I hear the voice of God. He's saying, Saran, I want you to, he was praying to God. He was saying, Lord, let him come in here and bring a message of, of, of bringing broken pieces back together. And that stayed with me. And I got to praying. And, and the Lord has put a word inside of me to share with you this morning. So turn your attentions up to high. And I'm telling you right now, I know that God is in this. And so you have your Bibles. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're a quick light. And then I'm going to get into the word. I'm, I'm looking at my clock. I know how much time I got. But what an awesome God we serve. Amen. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. What's the old hymn? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus at the noontime, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, 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 it's Jesus till the suns go down. Man, I woke up this morning just, you know, about, I woke up about 3 a.m. this morning. And I just started praying and I was driving down here and just Jesus. And that song that sang here in the worship team, they did an awesome job, didn't they? Can we just honor them? Thank y'all. You know, about that Waymaker. He was singing Waymaker. And I told Pastor, I was listening to that, driving down. Just confirmation of what God has placed inside of me. Now, let me jump into this word. And we're going to pick it up at verse uh, number 14. Um, I'm reading out the King James. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. 
Then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. He multiplied it. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained two other. He multiplied it. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, somebody said it was a long time. Yeah, it may be a long time, but Jesus is coming back. This is who we're talking about here. Christ, he has given each and every one of these servants a certain amount of ability. He goes away. But it may be a long time, but he is coming back. And so we need to be aware. We're not just out here walking around sucking up oxygen and eating food and, and going along to church Sunday and acting like, you know, this is not how it always going to be. There is a day that is appointed for man to die. And after that, is the judgment. Amen. They say after a long time, he, he, the, the Lord of those servants come and reckons with them. And so he that received five talents came, brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five more talents. And his Lord said unto him, well done, thy good and faithful servants. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two talents uh, besides them. His Lord said unto him, he makes four now. Well done, good and faithful servants. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thee that art, thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid the talents in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Here's your money. His Lord answered and says unto him, this is Jesus answering. We always want to make Jesus this, this lamb, this, this nice shepherd holding the lamb. And look at the word that Jesus says. He says, he said, thou wicked and slothful servant, you lazy bum. You knew it that I reap where I soweth not and gather where I have not straw." Thou also therefore have put the money to the exchanges. You should have taken it to the bank. And then at my coming, I should have received my own usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him which has ten talent. Take what I blessed him with and give it to somebody who's going to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And then he says, for unto everyone that have shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can we say amen? So I titled this message, Look Up, Putting It All Back Together Again. If you're in here, you got some things broken in your life right now. You're in the right place at the right time. I believe God has given me a message for you to get on that road and putting it back together again. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We place nothing or no one before you. Holy Spirit, do a work today that only you can do. 
Change unchangeable inside of this sanctuary. Bless every man, every woman, every young man, every young woman, every, every, every elder man, every elder woman, every child, everything in here. Father, we want to touch heaven this morning. We want to touch your heart, God. God, we are your people, the sheep of your pastor. We bind the wicked one. We come against every dark, wicked spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, you are commanded, leave this house and do not return. Father, have your way. It is in your matchless and holy son, Jesus name. We say together, amen. amen. I mean, you can be seated now. So I'm going to give you five quick principles. But before I get at this Matthew 25, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It really, I, 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 I said this years ago, if you want to find out if you're going to heaven or not, read Matthew 25. It starts out, it talks about these ten virgins. It says these ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. Five had oil in their lamps and five didn't have oils in their lamp, but they were all wanting to get married. And the Bible goes on to talk about that, 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 that at midnight there was a loud cry. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. These ten virgins had went to sleep because they had been waiting over and over and over. He hasn't come yet, but he came at midnight. And the scripture says all ten of the girls get up and start walking out there. And they want to see, they want to go to the marriage. And the Bible says the one that had no oil started asking the one that did have oil, the wise one, give us some of your oil. And the wise one says, no, we're not going to give you any of this oil, lest there not be enough for us. But they say, go out there and buy and sell to those that do it. And so the five foolish went away. And the Bible said this, that the five wise went in into the marriage and the door was shut. The door was shut. It reminded me of Genesis chapter 7. When you read Genesis chapter 7, you read about Noah and the flood. He had preached a number of years for people to repent, get their lives right. And in verse number 16, the Bible says God shut the door. He shut them in. And then, and then all of a sudden we read this now in Matthew 25. We read the same. The door was shut. They came and docked. The five foolish, let us in. Let us in. Not they, he says, leave. I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Then he goes into this parable about these servants. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a, 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 a man that he, 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 he gives these talents to these servants. These talents, uh, uh, he's given them abilities. He's given them, he's given them gifts. He's given them energy. He's given them something to do, right? And, and so they are going out there and doing them. And here's the thing about it. We read about brokenness in here. We read about an individual that blew it. We read about an individual that had an opportunity, but he messed it up. And how many of us can be honest in here and say we've had opportunities and we have messed it up? We have broken some people's heart. Yeah, we have lied. We have cheated. We have, we have been wicked. We have messed it up. And we got relationships that are here and here. And it's like, how can we bring it together? How can we bring it back together? I give you the first point. It's right here in the scripture. It's right there in Matthew uh, 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 25, 15. Remember, Jesus gave them ability. That's my first point. You have to believe that you have the ability to put things back together. You have to believe it. 
You cannot be a person that says, well, I, I hope and well, maybe. No, you have to believe. The Bible is over and over and over talking about believe. Believe, believe, believe. Hebrews chapter six, you know, talks about that. Talk about that, that, that hall of that, that, that believe in God. And I, and I can't remember the scripture right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. But, but, you know, he said, when you believe, when you tap into this, uh, l- let me read this scripture because I, because it, it goes into what I'm trying to get this point out. Yes. Hebrews chapter 11. And it says that, it says that, you know, Pastor, what's that? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to give y'all this scripture. It, it came to me. It's not Hebrews chapter 6. It's, it's Hebrews chapter 11. But it says that, um, It says, for without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. You, you have to believe this, that God is who he say he is. And he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. So when you start believing that you can actually put things back together, you're on the right path. And you have the ability. I can prove that you have the ability. Genesis 1 and verse 26, it says that God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, the three in one, says, let us make man, that's you and I, let us make man in our image in our, and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowls of the air, over the cattle, over every creeping thing on the earth and everything that creepeth upon the earth. What is God saying? I'm going to give them the ability. I'm going to give you the ability to rule, to reign. That's what that dominion means. It means to reign, to rule. So you have the authority, you have the ability. And if stuff get broken down, you can bring it back together. Don't you dare believe that you don't have the ability because it is right there to bring things back together. God is gifted. You have Christ, the image of Christ. We are created in his image. And so that's my first point. The second point uh, I want to, you know, get into is that, you know, how really, how do you do that? How do I believe it? Maybe I tried it before and it just didn't work out. You know, how do I really do it? And I'm going to tell you how. Here's the secret. You become an effective manager. You become an effective manager. I'm going to read your scripture that most of you have missed. Bring up Genesis chapter 2 and verse 5. After God has created everything, the Bible says in every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For read that with me. For the Lord God had not called it to rain upon the earth because there was not a man to till the ground. That word till in the Hebrew means to manage. Look at it again. God did it. It wasn't the devil. God says, I'm not going to allow it to rain because I have no one to manage the earth. So we now we start tapping into the heart of God. God is looking for managers. God will hold the blessing. Here we hold back the, 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 the growing because he, he's looking for a manager first. And to think about it, how many times have we 
have prayed and asked God for stuff and, 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 and it never came. Could it be that we were ineffective managers? You have to be an effective manager. You know, how do you do that? Well, the one thing is we have to determine what you need. You have to determine what you need as a manager. What do you need? Really, what do you need? And then you have to inquire about what you need. How many of us just buy stuff that we really don't need? How many, I, I tell you what, Christmas time come around and everybody's buying all these gifts. And then in a couple of days, they're just going to be out in the garage. Or we're spending money at work, you know, we're going to go to lunch, we're going to go buy lunch, you know. Or we're we eating out for dinner five nights a week. Why don't we just cook at home? Why don't we be smart about what we do with our finances? Why don't we be effective managers? Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? You know, I mean, how many of us going to go buy all these expensive clothes and, and we got Ton of clothes in our closet right now. Can't get into them no more. You know, I mean, but but it's like how? See, we we need to be effective managers. See, see, that's what the two servants that went out with the money changers. They they went out and and they they worked. They produced. They invested. They were in, they were they were effective managers. They were effective. The one guy wasn't. He didn't do anything with his ability. And it's the same. I mean, that may sound simple, but you'll be shocked at how many of us just waste. We just waste, waste, waste. And I'm going to tell you what, God is not interested in giving, giving his gifts or giving his blessing to somebody who's just going to waste it and blow it. I'm waiting for Mr. Right. I'm waiting for Mr. Right. But you, can you wait for Mr. Right? But look at how the life you're living. You out here at the bar. You out here at the club. You out here doing all this stuff, but you waiting on Mr. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You waiting on the right woman. You waiting on the right woman, but you won't get a job. <laughs> you, you, you won't even go to work on the job. You, you see, you're an effective or defective manager. So how do you expect to get something when you don't have yourself right? Is that making sense? So in order to break things, start putting things back together, we need to be effective managers. We need not to take the gifts of God. As you know, we call it the grace of God. Are we? Are, are we? You know, we 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 um, frustrate the grace of God. We need to become. And so you know what? You know what we need to do. We we need to do this right here. The third thing we need to quit living above our means. You don't need an iPhone 15, okay? I mean, I mean, you don't. You don't need. A, no, you don't, man. You think you do? You, you, what you, we need to quit living above our mean and to be effective managers. I speak this to young people, teenagers. Young, you need to get this in your, you need to have a 10-year plan right now. It's 2020 and 10 years this decade. What are you going to do with your life? Some of you are going to be going off, I hope you're going off to college or going off into entrepreneur. What are you going to do with your life? And guess what? There needs to be a plan. You're in here. You're married. We've been married 30 years or whatever. You know what? What is your plan in your marriage? I had a friend of mine who's been through three divorces. He wants to get married again. And I'm telling him, what's the plan for your fourth marriage? You know, he was like, no one ever, no one, no one ever told me that. I said, well, guess what? The devil has a plan for it. If you don't want to sit down and plan out your life, the devil has a plan for it. And so to be an effective manager, we have to be planners. Can I get an amen, somebody? We have to do this. 
And we have to understand this. My third point, as I move quickly through this, we have to obey the voice of the angel of God. Yes. Listen to me. We have to obey the voice of the angel of God. And he says, come on, man. Angels, you know, do angels speak? Man, angels are real. Ain't over and over and over in the Bible, if my Bible readers would be true, they are talk about encounters with angels and human beings. And every time there was an angel encounter a human being, that person would fall out or be terrified. I could talk to you about when, when, when Moses has an encounter or when Jacob had an encounter or when some prophet, when, when they, when Gideon had, I could go over and over and over. When the angel has showed up, man, it was so frightening. And so you need to understand there are angels assigned to you. Let me prove that too. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Pastor was saying that earlier. So if God is no respecter of person, look what God did in Exodus uh, um, uh, 20 and, and verse number 23. Will you bring that up? Yeah, Exodus 23, 20 and 22. The Bible said God told this to Moses. He said, behold, I'm going to send an angel before you. To keep you in the way and to bring you into a place which I have prepared. Look at God. He's always sinning. He, he always has our best interest. And look at the next one. He says, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not for he will not pardon your transgression for my name is in him. Look at God. If God was sending an angel to look at the Moses and look at the children of Israel, guess what? God is sending an angel to look at the Saran Stacy. God is sending an angel to look at after you and your family. You need to understand. God, and so if this is true, because this is in the word of God, then have you always obeyed the voice of the angel of God? Here's the individual that didn't. The scripture talks about a man by the name of Jonah. Jonah was told to go preach to Nineveh. God tells them he's up in the Judean mountains. And the Bible says, will you bring up Jonah, Jonah uh, 1 and bring that up, please? He says, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amatiah, and saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For the wickedness is come up before me. That is the angel. That is the voice of the Lord. The angel telling him, go preach this to this city. Go reconcile things. With your wife. Go reconcile things with your father. It's always speaking. That angel is speaking to you. Go, go make it right. Don't keep on being bitter. Don't keep on being unforgiving. Don't keep on being hateful. Go make it right. Quit cussing. Quit, quit being out of control. Go make it right. Jonah wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. The Bible says he goes, he leaves out of Judean mountain and he goes down into a ship. He don't go to Nineveh. He starts going toward Tarsus. Look what happened to Jonah. Each time you disobey the voice of God, you just keep going down. He went down the mountains and get into a ship. He get down into the ship and he get down into the lower part of the ship. And all of a sudden God sends a, a great storm like a Katrina and they're about to die. Go, go there. This is dark and these heathen people that were on this ship they started fighting what happened we left there was no wind it was a calm day but now all hell is broke loose and they started casting lots to find out who fought it was and they end up casting a lot and it fell on Jonah and they said Jonah where is he and they find him down in the lower part of the ship asleep wake up don't you know that we're about to die 
What have you done? Why is this happening to us? You know what Jonah said? He goes, he said, this is my fault. I disobeyed the God of Israel. I'm a Hebrew. He said, if you want to survive, throw me over the boat. These heathen mans now, they were unbelievers. This is the power of a witness. Because, because they said, no, we're not going to let the blood be on our hands. And so they tried to get the ship, but they couldn't make it. So finally, they prayed to the God of the Hebrews. They said, Lord, let not this blood. And they throw Jonah over the boat. And the Bible says he went down again. That's what happened when we dishonor and disobey God. We go down. Things not working out in your life. It's because that angel obeyed the voice of the angel. Jonah is down. And I can go back two times in my life where I could have just just done the right thing. A lot of it, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Just do the right thing. I had, I got a wife. I got children. You know, I worked in this this banking industry, and, and I'm doing okay. You know, and there's a, there's a pull in me to go do prison ministry. And so I start doing that on the side. Just, you know, and I don't know why. Every time I would go into a prison, something would just it'd just come up out of me. I would get charged and excited. You know, I, I wish I had time to tell you some stories, man. I would go to these juvenile delinquent prisons and, and I would go and talk with young girls that had been raped, that had been molested. And I would sit there, tell them your life is not over with. The person that touched you, the person that, uh, uh, you know, invaded your body. Let me tell you what, he don't decide who you are. Don't you give up. People that want to commit suicide. I'm telling you, I would just sit there and pour into them. Tell them, man, you're not going to kill yourself. You got more to live in life. You got a whole bunch of things you need to do. You're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Don't you give up. This is just a temporary season. It may not be what you wanted right now, but keep on living. It's got to change. I would just pour into people every time I would go in those prisons. But then when I would get out, I would just kind of start doing some of my own devices. And that's a lot of us as men. If we tell the truth, we, we're, we're not who we say we are most of the time. We, we, we know pastors, we know how to put the suit on and, and come in and smile and be that church guy on Sunday morning. But when we get out of here, we have a double life. And we're doing things that, that, that this angel is saying, stop. Stop looking at that. Stop being a pervert. Stop cheating on your wife. Stop committing fornication. Stop lying. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I was I was at a I was at a a, a men's uh, a, 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 a pastors uh, and leaders conference in Texas, and I remember I was out there, and I was trying to you know it was like I was going to turn some things around. I had all this stuff going, but I wasn't the man. I I knew I wasn't, and people would say to me, "Oh, he's a great guy, right? He's a great guy." I wasn't a great guy. I was a great guy around them, but when I got out to other places, I was in adulterous relationships. I was doing things, man. So I'm telling this pastor, and it's clear this pastor looking at me. He said, he said, brother, you have an anointing on you. And he, he said, I said, I got to tell you something. And I told him what I was doing. I said, I'm, I can't, I just can't stop sleeping with this lady. I can't stop it. I know it's wrong. He looked at me in the eye. He said, stop it. He said, stop it, son. He's like, it pricked my heart. I just, guess what? I leave. That was in that was in November of 2007, early. And I, you know what? 
and, and I, and I, see, 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 God will send somebody. He'll send somebody just, you know, from, from who knows, but they'll have something inside of them that you need to hear. It's the angel of God saying, this is your moment. Stop it. You know what? I didn't stop it. And then uh, November uh, the 19th came around. And then I had my wife, and it was Thanksgiving. We were all planning to, to um, you know, have this big old feast with my mom's. First time all of her sons and daughters going to be together in 20 years. And, 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 and there was I, Saran and his wife, and Saran doing prison ministry, and, and Saran being a good guy, doing charity work. You ask Saran to go do something, he'll go do it. You know, he's a good man. Outwardly, but inwardly, he had issues. He, he wasn't, a, he wasn't the, the, the praying for his wife every morning. He wasn't meeting all the requirements that, that, that God gives a father. Pouring into his daughters. Pouring into his, he had children out of wedlock. He, he had issues. Just issues upon issues. But I'm a good guy. And all of a sudden, that same night, we leave my mother's house. We get about one mile away from my home in Newton, Alabama, and a drunk driver who, I don't know, 27-year-old man, he comes out of nowhere. And I got my, I got my, I got my two daughters that are father with my high school sweetheart, and I got my three children with Ellen. Ellen Christina Bible, B-I-B-L-E, was her maiden name. And we, I'm telling you what, things were turning around. I just, I did, they were turning around, and the light turned green, and boom, something happened. That forever change. Miss Donna, will you come up here and just play something? Miss Donna, you in here? Will you come up and play something soft on the uh, the piano for me? But 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 in 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 a second, you see, in a second, I didn't get a chance to negotiate. This second, negotiating was over. It's almost like when this angel, when God says, He says, "Obey the voice of the angel," because He will not pardon you your transgression. Every morning, I get up, Pastor. I make these declarations. I did it this morning, 3 o'clock. I said, God, I'm going to obey your voice. I'm going to obey the voice of the angel. I'm not going to provoke him to transgressions. And You know why? Because of this. He hit us. I'm driving. I'm in a coma. But my 36-year-old wife, she's killed. My 18-year-old daughter, who was in college, at Warnby Waters Community College, she was killed. My 10-year-old son, who's the apple of daddy's heart, he was killed. My 9-year-old daughter, little Santa Marie, she was killed. My 2-year-old baby, little Ellie Ann Marie, she was killed. And I was in a coma, and they flew Shelly. They flew Shelly to UAB Children's Hospital. I didn't even know it. They say on the flight, she flatlined. They said she died. And I believe this. It's the prayers of some of you in here that kept praying. And let me show you. I, I got a, some pictures I want to share and I want to go through them. This is Ellen. This is, we all got baptized together as a family. And it was, a, it was March 25th, 2007. Never will forget it. Straightening my life out, man. Coming back. I was telling Pastor Earl, I used to, I mean, I used to be playing golf. Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, I had a tea time. My wife, Ellen, would be driving the kids to church. Just selfish. 
Oh, it's a business thing. It's, you, know, you know how we know how to justify stuff, us men. Go to the next frame. This is, this is um, October 2007. We at Disney. I took all my family down there. It was an amazing trip. That's Bronson. That's Shelly in the middle. That's little Ellie, my two-year-old. Man, we were close. Now I had issues, but I loved my wife and my children. I just, I just had issues. You moved to the, that's, that's Tootie. I call her Tootie. Her name is Lucretia Michelle. It's with some of her softball players. She went to Hartford High School, and Tootie was amazing. You know what? It was, it was November the 19th. Tootie's birthday was November the 20th. And so we were going to buy Tootie a car to celebrate her awesome grades that she was making in college. She played girl fast with softball. She, she, was, she was an amazing daughter. She was my oldest. She was my, she was my firstborn. You know, I didn't do things the right way, but let me tell you what I love. I would give my life for that girl. That's Sydney. That's my nine-year-old. You know what, Sydney? She, she made the dance team. Now, get this. There's 14 white girls and one little black girl, you know. <laughs> that was Sydney. She did it. She said, Dad, I want to dance. I was like, dance? She said, I want to be a dancer. And she made the team. She made the team. And she said, Dad, I got my, dad, my first dance recital. I said, okay, I'll be there. You know, I was working down in Destin, Florida. And long story short, I didn't show up. I, you know, I, you know, business, all this type of stuff. She said, she said, Dad, that's okay. You can come to the next one in December. Never made it to December. It's, it's like, there's my mom's church and Go to the next frame. I'm going to show you all of them. I think I tried to do their hair that day. <laughs> but that's, that's, hold it there. The Bible said Jonah was down in the belly of that great fish. I want to, people ask, so how did you, how did, how did you, you know, you know, the only, the thing I can get closest to is Jonah. When you bring up that scripture and in, in, uh, I think it's, it's uh, verse in Jonah chapter number two, verse number, the Bible says Joseph, he says, then Jonah, no, go back to the, um, yeah, but Jonah rose up and fleed, go to the number four. He says, I am cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your hope. He's down in, some theologians say he was in hell, Jonah had died. But that's where he was. He said this, he says, I cried by my affliction. Mm -hmm. That's what he said in, in, in two and one. He says, I cried by my affliction. He says, out of the belly hell, out of the belly of hell, he cried unto the Lord. Bring up two and one, please. 
I want you to see this because that's where I was. And I cried by my reason of affliction unto the Lord. And, and God heard him out of the belly of hell cried out. And thou heardest my voice. He says, God, this is what gave me hope. That if God can hear a man all the way down in hell, that he can hear me. He can hear me. He goes on to say in verse 3, he says, he says, for you have cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods can pass me all about thy bellows, and thy waves are passing over me. Verse 4, he goes on to say, he said, then I said, I am cast out of your sight, and I'm going to look towards you. Look at this. This, this. That's what I went. I went into depression. I went to loneliness. I went to despair. I kept hearing that other voice. You know, there's another voice in John 10 and 10. He's for real. He's not a play, play God. He, he's for real. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's a, he's a perverter. He's the one that say, you can't never be a faithful dad. You can't never be a faithful husband. And it's okay. All teenagers have sex. It's okay to, you know, he, that voice. He, him, he's, he's continually, he said, kill yourself. You blew it. It's your fault. You didn't even go to your daughter's dance recital. You sorry piece of you know what. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't take care of you. I mean, it just, and I did, I almost, I got this close. I got so close to checking out. I did. I'm not ashamed to say it. Because there was so much grief and pain. I remember King David. I read this in the Bible. It says Psalm 142, verse 1, 2, and 3. David says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. You ever want to get the heart of God? It's going to start with you opening up your spirit and coming out of your own mouth. That's what I was praying when I was worshiping. God said, if they want to get to my heart, they got to open up their spirit this morning. You got to take off the church mass and you got to tell God the truth. He says, David says, I, he says, he says, I show before God all of my complaints and troubles. He did this. And then in verse three, he says, when his spirit was overwhelmed, then that knew my path. Stuff started changing. When that, that's what happened to me. I got in that house one day. I did. Of all this stuff I've been through, I, I cried out to God. I said, why? And I didn't cry out like, I said, why did you do this to me? Why? I went to those prisons. I went to help orphanages. I did all these good things. You hate me that much. You hate me this much. Where's Ellen? Where's my son? He he gave his life to you. You took my son. I cried out with my voice. All, all of my complaints, like David speak about, I poured out before God. Then something happened. It's just by the grace of God. Something happened. My spirit opened up. Then God said, I'm going to start teaching you. I started learning things. I started devoting myself to the word of God. Day and night, hours, days, fasting, praying. 
refusing to, 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 it just, my whole life revolutionized and changed. And I remember I was on that bedroom, in my, in my bathroom that night, pouring down crying. And I, like Jonah, he says, I cried out by my affliction to God. And I told God that night, I said, whatever I've done, because of such grief, I said, whatever I've done, Because this, the individual that struck my car was 27 years old. He was a grown man. He wasn't a little kid. He was a teenager at one time, drinking, smoking, doing all this stuff. And it leads on. This is why young people, listen to me. You've got to bring some things together. You can't keep on doing what you've all. Let me tell you what. This is a word I can hear right now. It has to change. If it doesn't change, the results of the behavior won't change. If you change your behavior, you'll change the results of your behavior. Mm. But I remember, I said, God, whoever this person was, 27 years old, he was openly gay. He was a homosexual. Now, I'm not some gay bastard. I don't hate people. But marriage, I believe, is between a man and a woman. Sanctioned by God Almighty. But he had AIDS and he was dying. And I cried to God. I said, Lord, if he's in hell, let me take his place. Because I deserve hell. Something happened. It was like that whole bathroom lit up. And this old broken man got up. And then all of a sudden, I get an opportunity to speak which I wasn't even looking for this. Never in my wildest dream that I believed that I would be doing what I'm doing now. But I heard a voice that told me that when I, because I said like Moses, I didn't, go, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to seminary. I made all these mistakes. I'm so unqualified. And then he told me, he says, when you speak, my spirit is going to speak through you. And they're going to know that I've sent you. And so, the ability, like the servant, the ability that was given to me, it took an act of faith. It's broken, but, but I believe that I can bring it back together again. And I started this process of being an effective manager. I started living within my means. I, I didn't try to keep up with some of the big time preachers. And you know what? I'm just... I don't, I'm not the smartest guy, but I know Jesus and I know who God is and I know when he's speaking through me. And so I'll do what I can whenever I get a chance to do what I can. And so there I was, I just, just started going out and just started, you know, putting stuff to bed. I mean, and then this, this thing called, you know what, you'll never do, I learned this, you'll never do it without the love. You'll never do it. You want to be an effective manager? Let's start loving each other. Let's, let's start, man. I know you may be separated. The situation will never get fixed until love is put into order. 1 Corinthians 13, bring that scriptures up. It talks about love. But it talks about how love is patient and, and love is kind and, and, and love is not self-serving and, 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 and love remembers no wrong. It's, it's an amazing thing. 
this is what it takes. It takes humility to do this. Because when people break your heart, man, it's, it's, it's naturally you want to get back at them. And you know, they did, you know, people would take shots at me and say things to me about what type of man I was and the mistakes I made and, and, and you kind of getting what you deserve. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, well, how can you say something like that? You, you don't you don't know what's in my shoes. You don't know that I was barely getting out of the bed in the morning. Barely. And you're going to take shots at me. I've learned to forgive. I've learned that the love of God made it passes all understanding. I've learned that Christ Jesus, he is inside of me. He has taken this old wretched Man, and he's done a new thing. And so like Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20, it's no more I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the one, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So now you see it. You see it now. You, you, you see things coming, been put back together. And I got to a place where I started looking, not at man, got, got my eyes off man, got my eyes off woe pitiful for me. I started looking up to Jesus. That's my fourth point. You have to look up. And, and we didn't get to read it, but in John 17 and verse number one, you bring it up. Jesus in his high priestly prayer, he's praying to the father. He's saying, he's saying, and, and these words spake Jesus. He lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify you. You know, in the Hebrew tradition, when they pray to God, they are looking up. They are, they are looking up to heaven. And this is what this word I'm speaking to you, some of you in here. It's time to look up. It's time to not get caught up in this world and look unto Jesus who the Bible said is the author and finisher of our faith. Let me tell you what, if Christ is in you, then you can do it. You can bring things back together. You can, he's a, he's that type of God. He's, the Bible says in, in Revelation 21 and 5, he makes all things new. Say that with me. He makes all things new. He makes it all new. How did he do it? I don't know, but only Christ can do it. So we got to look up to him. Amen. That's what Psalm 21 and verse 1, it says, if you bring it up, he says, I will look up to the hills which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Oh my God, I'm looking up. I'm looking up in 2020. I'm looking up. I'm not going around with my head down anymore. I'm not speaking to somebody. It's time to look up. It's time to get up out of that bed and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. I'm pursuing after this godly man. I'm pursuing after this godly woman. I'm pursuing after my purpose, my dreams. I'm not settling for less than what God has promised me. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. So, so, so look what happened. I started preaching and traveling and speaking and look what God did. God started restoring. He's a restorer. I want you to look. I got remarried and, and bring up that last picture and see that girl in the middle, that black, that Shelly, 16 years old now. She's a miracle. Absolute miracle. 
She has a daddy's heart. And that's my wife, Jeannie Marie. And that's little Julia Marie sitting on her lap. And, and that's little, little, little Savannah Grace in the middle. And you see that little bitty baby, six months old? That's my little, that's my little. I mean, I was bouncing her this morning about one o'clock. <laughs> and I was, I was telling Pastor earlier, I'm like, man, I got to go preach tomorrow. I'm like, she's over there. And I'm like, you know, I want to say, hey, will you get up and get the baby? You know, I got to go to, the, you know, I said, mm, I'm going to be quiet. I ain't going to, I got to preach. You know, I don't want to, you know, but man, I, it was amazing. All my girls, they, they daddy's girl, they love their daddy. So if I'm up one o'clock, whatever, I got to drive. It's okay. It's okay. I get an opportunity to be an effective manager. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. I give my life. Give it all. I love my children. I'll tell you what, more importantly, I love what God is doing through me. You might not believe this, but I love you. Play, I prayed for each of you this morning. I just pray that you will get this word and you understand that you're in a season, you're in a time right now that is critical. And it's time to bring some things back together again. It's time to start looking up. It's time to start putting things back together. All those things I talked about, believe that you can do it. Believe it. Start believing in yourself. Quit doubting yourself. You know? Quit doing it. Become an effective manager. Start to start planning your life. It's simple. Just plan it out. You know, obey the voice of that angel. Each and every one of us has an angel speaking to us. We have to obey his voice. We can't be stubborn. We just can't be like the world. Living any kind of way and just coming to church and playing games with God. We got to stop it. We got to start looking, we got to start looking to Jesus. And then the last point, number five is, we got to leave fear behind. You know that guy, they end up going to the bad place. The Bible said he was afraid. He says, I was afraid, fear. And that's what grips so many of us as Americans, as believers, as Christians. We're so scared that we're going to offend somebody. We're so scared to step out and do what thus says the Lord. We're so scared. But I come to tell you this Sunday morning, God has not given you the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, the Bible says God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. But God has given you power, love, and a sound mind. God has given you an ability. God has given you an ability to go out there into the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. He's given you an ability to be that husband, to be that wife, to be that teenager that's not ashamed of Jesus. It's not ashamed to be called a Christian. He's given you that ability. He's given you love. You have love in your heart. You can love. You can love your enemies. And he's given you a sound mind. You're not crazy. You're not depressed. You're not, let me tell you what, you're a child of the living king. This is your season. This is your time. Stand to your feet and pray with me. Oh man, this, this pastor gets ready to come forward and maybe the musicians, y'all can come back up here and
There's something about praying unto the Father, touching the heart of God. I told you, only, only the Holy Spirit can change the unchangeable. I guarantee you right now, He's speaking. He is saying in a still, small voice, now, now. That's what I got on my praying this morning. I kept hearing that. He said, he said when, when you get to this point, obey the voice of the angel. Because he's saying, now, quietly, now. Now is the time to get things right with God. Now is the time to be forgiven of whatever, I don't care how bad it is. You're looking at some person, you're looking at, you listen to a person who did some bad things years ago. But you're also listening to a man who's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now, that's what he's saying. Like Jesus, when he stretched his hand toward heaven, he started praying. I want you to do that with me. I want you to close your eyes, stretch your hands toward heaven. Look up. Father, I have given out the word that you have placed inside of me. These are your people. God, they all belong to you. Now speak to them, God. Strengthen them as only you can. To the soul in here that has never surrendered their life to you. Let it be their now moment, God. Let them come out. Let them make that bold decision that will forever change their destiny. To the man in here who's been living a lie, who's been pretending like me to be something that he's really not, let this be his now moment this morning. To that young girl who's in sexual relationships that she's, she professed to be a virgin, but, but she's lying. She says, I got baptized, I got this and I got that, but you're speaking, Lord, this morning. Let this be her now moment. Do the work, God, to that young boy who's angry and bitter, who's hate his father, who no one can reach. You're speaking this in my spirit. Let this be his now moment. God, in the precious name of Jesus, I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you will continue to do here at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. God, marriages, God, careers. God, you're going to bring some things. I believe you bring some things back together already. You've given the strategy. God, let them go out there and do the work. So Holy Spirit, thank you. Bless right now. Bless right now. God, I feel your anointing in here. We are free where the spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. There's freedom in this house this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Dusty and I'm going to be here just, you just follow that voice. 